1: Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you aboard on a Wednesday night as we look forward to Sunday at the link, 3 o'clock, the NFC Championship game between the Eagles and the Niners and, of course, Burrow and the Bengals against the Chiefs. After that, as we get set to set this rubber. let's set the stage here with our guy Shiel Kapati, who wrote a great piece over at the Ringer today about the Eagles and how they arrived at this spot in the NFC title game. Shiel, how are you doing tonight?
2: What's up, Joe? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited for, for this weekend, excited for this game, and Shiel, you wrote about how the Eagles got here. It, it is an amazing jump they've made. I mean, this has been a good franchise for you know 20 years under Jeff Lurie and a lot of that with Howie Roseman and Andy and, and to the coach they have now, but... Just to where they were two years ago, Shield. Just the the jump from where they fell down in 2020 to where they rose to in 2022. It really is. It's kind of a remarkable jump in a very short period of time.
2: Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, really, if you look at that stretch after they won the Super Bowl through like last year, it was one. Of, they weren't a bad team, but it was one of their like biggest stretches of just being a mediocre team. Since Jeffrey Lurie bought the Eagles, I mean, I think they were two games under 500 uh, during a four-year period, which really uh, hadn't happened for them. And so to be where they are now, you know, it's certainly a credit to uh, Howie Roseman, the way he built the roster. Jalen Hurts emerging is probably you know one of the biggest uh, keys there. And uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie has now hired three co- three of the coaches he hired for the first time were playing last weekend in the divisional round, and Andy Reid. Doug Peterson, and Nick Sirianni. So you see all this coaching turnover all the time in the NFL, and uh, it looks like they got a pretty good coach too.
1: Yeah, it does, and they uh, they demolished the Giants in the division round, and now here comes the Niners in. Shiel, when you look at this matchup, does it look to you as even as it looks to me? I mean, it's, it's really – it's kind of hard to separate the two teams and, and who is better. Well, you know, we'll find out. They'll play it out over 60 minutes on Sunday here on, uh, at the link, but – I, it's hard for me to say one team has a significant advantage over the other. In almost, in almost any area, maybe the only one will be quarterback. We'll get to that. But just the strengths of the teams, it, it feels very even.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at the talent, like I did an exercise last week when they were playing the Giants where I said, how many of these Giants players would start for the Eagles right now? And I think I you know came away with maybe three or four. And you do that this week with the Niners. And you're probably getting up to around eight or nine. And, you know, there are about uh, three or four guys that would really be a toss-up. So from a talent perspective, I would say these are easily two of the most, uh, two of the three or four or five most talented rosters in the NFL. So there's no doubt uh, that it's even there. The line, obviously, I, I like looking at that. But I'm saying, all right, is it even or is it not even? The line is two and a half with the Eagles playing at home, so that would tell you it's pretty even as well.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, last week or the week before ESPN put out a piece of their their 100 most valuable players this season, and I think I counted 19 of the of the players were Eagles or Niners, which is just an incredible amount for two teams that the rosters are loaded. Sheila, when, when you kind of break down how this one might play out, I'm curious before we get to the individual matchups, What kind of game do you expect? Because we have two offenses that routinely put up 30, and we have the two defenses that give up the least yards per play in the NFL. Do you think we're getting a lower scoring game, or or do you think we could get some points because there's explosive players on both offenses?
2: Yeah, I'm really on the fence. I think if I had to pick one, I would say maybe a lower scoring game. You know, the 49ers, I think only two teams have scored 30 or more on them this season. And then you look at the way the both teams operate. You know, like the Niners are going to be more methodical and string together long drives. You know, if, if the, usually you wouldn't expect the Eagles to give up, you know, like a 50-yard touchdown. And on the other side of the field, that's what the Niners try to do to you defensively. They say, hey, our corners, we might give you some cushions there on the outside, but we're not going to get beat over the top. So, like, there might be fewer possessions for both these teams than you typically see in an NFL game. You know, usually I think each team gets the ball around 11 times, but if it's a slower-paced game where both teams are stringing together methodical drive, then that might be more like an eight-possession game. And then all of a sudden you're probably talking uh, about fewer chances to score and maybe uh, fewer points overall.
1: Yeah, and then any mistake becomes magnified. If it's turnover, that becomes magnified because you lost, you know, maybe – a quarter of your possessions, or an eighth of your possessions in a game—that that's a lot, depending on the turnovers. Let's talk about the quarterbacks shield because they're the biggest story. I mean, the AFC has two guys that are, are gigantic brand names. The NFC has one guy who became one this year, and then Brock Purdy. Let Let's start with Purdy shield. What do you make? I mean, you've watched him now. We've all watched him for the past six or seven games. Truly, like dove in the last two because they've been standalone playoff games. He's obviously played well, and he gives them a little bit of an element, I think, that Garoppolo didn't because he could move a little bit. But it just feels, and you can tell me if you disagree, it feels to me like there's some oil leak in there. It feels like he's about to turn the ball over. What, what do you see when you watch Purdy?
2: Yeah, I've been saying that for a lot of weeks here, Joe. It hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, but I think it goes back to you look at how the 49ers are built. And you look at how they played with Jimmy Garoppolo. And to me, you know, it was always, hey, people would say, is Jimmy Garoppolo a top-five quarterback? Well, no, but can the 49ers have the top-five offense with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, they actually did many years in a row. And it's the same thing with Brock Purdy. You know, Kyle Shanahan sort of wants to be like the remote control and just control the and have the joystick with the quarterback as he plays out there. You know, he wants to let the offense – work for the quarterback. And so I think for the most part, that's what you've seen with Brock Purdy. Now, where they're different is that Brock Purdy will try to make a lot of those second reaction plays. You know, if it, if whatever the play call isn't there, he's not afraid to scramble around a little bit and try to make a play. And he's had success doing that. But to, to your point there, if you watch those actual plays, there are a bunch of them in there where you say, ooh, you know, wow, that that was close to being a turnover or a negative play. So uh, I'm with you. It would not shock me if Sunday night where you know you're talking and you say, wow, he turned the ball uh, over three times there in Philadelphia and the Eagles won pretty decisively because he is a rookie and he is a seventh-round pick. But at the same time, this has been a pretty long stretch uh, where he's done a good job for them.
1: Shield, the other side, Jalen Hurts came back, and he played like himself last week, and it was, it was kind of an easy game. They just blew the doors off the Giants. But this is now the biggest challenge of his career. I mean, this is the best defense he's probably ever played against in the NFL. And I'm curious how the Eagles try to attack the Niners, Shield, because it, it does feel like, although their stats are amazing, it feels like you could throw the ball a little bit down the field on them, especially outside the numbers. Metcalf a couple weeks ago, CeeDee Lamb this past week. Do you feel like this is a week where they dial up some shot plays down the field and try to try to change the game a little bit there?
2: Yeah, I think you have to try for those opportunities. You know, they don't have great corners. They have Charvarius Ward, who has been a good corner, and then they have DeMondre uh, Lenore, who has played well, but is definitely kind of their uh, weak link out there. And so the way they play uh, a lot is with a single high safety, and they'll play with those corners outside, and they'll kind of give you a cushion. I mean, if you watch that Cowboys game, those comeback routes, those outbreaking routes, On the outside, those were available to them, and they probably should have taken advantage of that more. So I think that has to be part of the way you attack them. And then, like you said, any opportunities you can take to produce an explosive play. I mean, look at what the Eagles did against the Giants. It's a different defense. But early in that game, dialing up the shot play to Devontae Smith for 40 yards. I mean, this has really been a vertical passing game. That's the strength of Jalen Hurts. He throws a very good deep ball, and we know those wide receivers – can get downfield. So, yeah, the 49ers want to protect that middle of the field. Their linebackers are very good. I don't think that's where you want to attack them. I think you want to attack outside the numbers and take your shots when you have an opportunity.
1: shield, the other thing I'm wondering about this game, and, and I'm not sure until we see it. I mean, Jalen Hurts ran enough this past week, so he, I think he quelled our fears that he was still really too hurt to do that. But it wasn't an overwhelming part of the game, and, and only once or twice did he take some real you know, true contact but this game feels like he might need to use his legs. I you know if they can't throw over the middle and they can't run the ball as well as they have normally because this is a good run defense. I wonder if we get a Hurts game where he thinks the best way to generate some first downs is with his legs and still, he did run for 80 against them last year. I know it was a different different team a year ago, but what do you think about Hurts and his legs on Sunday and how big of a part of the game they might be?
2: Yeah, I think one of Hertz's greatest strengths is he kind of knows what the moment calls for or what the game calls for or what the situation calls for. And so I think that Giants game, they get up 28 nothing at halftime. Well, okay, you don't need to use Hertz in the run game much, but just kind of rewatching that film today. I mean, they were doing a lot of stuff with the RPOs. And the zone reads and the design, you know, they had a designed run for him on third and three. They had a scramble with him. They had a quarterback sneak. And so like a lot of that stuff was available to them in that game. You're right. I think he was very smart and very intentional about not taking big hits in that game. And I think he needs to continue to do that. But listen, this is the NFC championship game. And so, you know, either you're going to have two weeks off before the Super Bowl or you're going to have the whole offseason off. And we all have seen what a gamer Hurt is, how mentally and physically tough he is. And so uh, I agree with you. I-, I would expect them to kind of not hesitate to push those buttons if they need to.
1: Shield, what do you make of the Shield Capati of the ringer here – of the A.J. Brown situation from Saturday. He spoke about it today and he had a smile on his face. He said, they won't, I won't be a diva and we're good to go this weekend. It was kind of bizarre, though. It was, a, it was a, an amazing night for the Eagles, and they have their one of their best players visibly upset – during the game. What did you make of it in the moment? And do you think any residual effect from that as we move forward?
2: Yeah, I almost always defend the player in those situations, you know, trying to understand that they're competitive and wide receivers specifically want to get the football. That one was a little weird, weird to me. You know, I'll be honest, just because looking at the situation there, they're blowing the team out in the divisional round. They're going to be one win away from the super bowl and it was just one game it's not like this was a three-game stretch where they weren't throwing into the football i mean he literally set the record for receiving yards uh for an eagle for an eagle's wide receiver this season so it was a little odd listen everybody has a bad day or emotions get the best of you in these ultra competitive environments so if it's just a a one-time thing and he's moving on I, i'm not going to make that big of a deal uh, about it i think he's going to show up sunday i think he's going to play well and uh, I don't anticipate it being an issue going forward. But if you're just asking my honest opinion about what I was thinking as I watched it kind of unfold and then what Nick Sirianni said earlier this week, yeah, I thought, I thought it was at least, uh, if nothing else, a little bit weird.
1: Yeah, eyebrow-raising for sure. All right, let's go to the AFC Shield. And, I, and we know the Mahomes injury impacts everything about this game. But what's, what's your feeling on that one? I mean, we, we watched it last year. Joe Burrow and the Bengals went to went to Kansas City, and they won. Now they just went to Buffalo and won. They're back in Kansas City. What's your feeling on this game is the Bengals are the slight favorites with all this Mahomes uncertainty.
2: Yeah, listen, there's a chance that this is Patrick Mahomes' flu game. You know, that 20 years from now when we're talking about Mahomes being an all-time great, we're saying, man, remember when he was on one ankle against the Bengals and just stood in the pocket and carved them up for 300 yards and they still got to the Super Bowl? There's a chance that happens? I don't think that's going to happen. You know, just watching him play on that ankle in the second half of last week's game, it was very limiting. He, You know, he was having trouble just getting back – handing the football off, he obviously can't escape the pocket and scramble and make those second reaction plays that we've seen him make before. And by the way, that Bengals defense is one of the best in the NFL at changing what they do based on the opponent and the opponent's strengths and weaknesses. And so I think they'll have a game plan where they're ready to kind of take advantage uh, of a hobbled Mahomes, and I think they're going to play well. So uh, I like the Bengals to go into Kansas City and win that game with the one caveat that uh, I'm not going to underestimate Patrick Mahomes and, and anything he can do. Sheila, let's
1: end with this. So, if we do get um, Burrow and the Bengals and we do get Hurts and the Eagles, th- those are, are two of the 2020 quarterback class that would be playing each other in the Super Bowl. And obviously, it'd be two in a row for Burrow from that class thinking back, did you consider that quarterback class to be special? Because it it might turn out to be. I mean, Burrow already looks like that. He's been to a Super Bowl. This could be two. Now Jalen Hurts could get to one. And I think Justin Herbert, we could fairly say, is probably going to be a top-ten guy for a long time. That might go down as one of the great quarterback classes ever, and I I didn't expect that when it happened.
2: Yeah, no, I I would be lying. If I said I, I saw it coming. I mean, I loved Burrow for sure, but that wasn't exactly going out on a limb. The guy was a great college player and was the number one overall pick. So I thought he was going to be fantastic in the NFL, but all the other guys I didn't really have strong opinions on. Tua Hurts, uh, there was obviously work to do uh, with Hurts there, so I can't say I was high on him, but you're right. Yeah, but that would be two guys getting to the Super Bowl uh, potentially this year, and uh, who knows what will happen with Herbert down the road. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be a pretty special class.
1: Shio, great stuff. We'll be listening to the Philly Special on The Ringer Podcast Network and obviously reading The Ringer. Thank you. All right, thanks, Joe. I'll talk to you soon. There we go. Shio Kapati of The Ringer joining us, talking about these games. Called a potentially Mahomes' flu game. Did you see Mahomes today at the, uh, his, his press conference? He did not have a boot on.
3: That seems pretty confident he's going to play. I think, Oh,
1: I think he's going to play. I just wonder how effective he's going to be able to play. So he
3: be. did have the same injury, I think it was in 2019. He suffered, ironically, against the Jaguars week one. Mm-hmm. Came back the next week, played on it, had four touchdown passes. Is he just immune to this kind of stuff? I mean, a lot of quarterbacks like Kyler, Hurts, right? They, these were multiple week injuries. They missed games. I mean, a high ankle sprain is usually six to eight weeks. I mean, Mac Jones had it. Yeah. And they are talking about how he might need surgery and, and could be done for, for 10 weeks. I don't know. You know how Jalen Hurts heals faster than us. Does Patrick Mahomes heal faster than Jalen Hurts? It's funny. You know, Mahomes, we, we all acknowledge
1: how great he is. He, we never talk about his physical tools. Like, obviously, this would be an ability to play on an ankle injury. Uh, his ability to scramble, move. He runs sometimes. It's it's like we don't give him credit for the – it's almost like he makes these circus plays that he's Patrick Mahomes. But there's a lot – It. it He's been compared to. I'm not the first person to make this comparison. He's been compared to before as kind of the Steph Curry of the of the NFL, and Steph kind of gets like no one ever talks about how strong or you know quick Steph Curry is it's all about. Well, he's shooting. Same thing with Mahomes. Like, oh, it's wow, his ability to throw this ball into this spot. It, they're similar in that they're. Their their athletic ability is almost never talked about, but there's a lot of it there for Patrick Mahomes. It's why he does what he does. I just wonder for Sunday, I know he's going to play. I'm sure he'll be effective on drop-back passes, but can they win without any special plays if he's just a drop-back passer?
3: I imagine they're just going to run a lot of shotgun, right? Pretty much just have him sit back and seven yards behind the, the the line of scrimmage and pick apart defenses from there. I mean that's what I would
1: do, and and but even with that, like you know, when there's pressure, can he move or is he going to just drop
3: down? I I don't know. I mean, he got rid of the ball And, like we I know there's a big discussion about uh, Joe Burrow this week got rid of the ball like two point yeah. four seconds per drop back. Patrick Mahomes is like two point three five. I mean he he's very capable of getting the ball out quickly, and he has all year really since they got rid of Ta- uh not Taysom Hill but Tyreek Hill. They don't really have a, a big, deep threat guy. I think he's more than willing to just take short passes and, and carve up Cincinnati that way. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's a legacy kind of game either way
1: because if Burrow wins that game, he's beat Mahomes in Arrowhead for back to, in back-to-back years, and he's been at two Super Bowls already at the age of, what, 26, whatever he is, 25, in his second and third year in the league. But also for Mahomes, Shield just said it to us, it's, it could be his flu game. I mean, if Mahomes wins this on one ankle... And then gets to his third Super Bowl. It's like, what can't this guy do? I mean, he's he's. It, I've I've said before, it's the best start to a career between statistics and success in the playoffs that I've ever seen. Now Brady had an amazing start to his career, winning three Super Bowls very young. But remember, Brady was not a statistically great quarterback until I'd say oh seven, and that started to shift, and it, it became more about his arm winning games. But early in his career, he was more of a game manager who just, you know, was great on the big stage. I, I've never seen a quarterback start a career with this much playoff success and stats. Like, Peyton had stats, didn't win the playoffs. Brady won in the playoffs, didn't have stats. Rodgers had a sit, so it wasn't like he wasn't doing anything the first three years or so. This is not nuts. I mean, if Mahomes gets this through ball on one ankle, man. I mean, I, I like that comparison by Shio Kapadia. This flu game, his ankle game.
3: Yeah, I think I tweeted during the game on what was that Saturday afternoon? I mean, yeah. he just won a game on one play on one pool. yeah, he won one a leg. playoff game on one leg. Just because he can. I mean, he's doing things that we've never necessarily seen. And you, you look at his numbers and averages like forty touchdowns a year for his career and only seven interceptions. I mean, it, it's not ridiculous to say this might be the best start we've ever seen from anybody. Any football player. Have any position really is it too outlandish to say that
1: I don't think it is uh I mean, like, when you combine it all right the statistics the level of play week to week and he's already won a championship and been to Super Bowls so, like it's like early on I think I felt this about Peyton Manning watching him when he first came in the league like this guy Sunday to Sunday was the best quarterback in the league like he just took the league by storm but it took him a long time to win in the playoffs I mean he and he didn't just lose the playoffs he lost at home I believe there was a 41-0 loss Peyton Manning suffered in the playoffs to the Jets uh, and Chad Pennington. Like, he, he had his growing pains in the big games. Mahomes hasn't had those. Again, The guy's never played a road playoff game in his life, which is just – it's it's nuts. I mean, he just wins, and, and they have home field and, and all that. So that it, – it's going to be – I mean, it's, it, both these games are great theater. We've mentioned all week how – there's, there's such short spreads. It's historic how short these spreads are and how tight these games are projected to be between the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Niners. And it's why right now, I mean, you go over at FanDuel and you look at the odds to win the Super Bowl, they have no idea. I mean, they're have no. they setting all these odds very close to each other because it's like, uh, they don't know. Um, right now, to win the Super Bowl, the favorite is the Eagles at plus 230. Next is the Bengals at plus 260. Chiefs at plus 280, Niners at plus 320. How about this? Jalen Hurts has moved to the front of the line. He's the favorite to win the Super Bowl MVP award. I didn't expect that to happen.
3: I didn't either, and the line moved quite a bit towards the Chiefs today. I think they started out as, like, point-and-a-half underdogs and then got back to a pick'em, and they might even be favored by now. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts is... The quarterback of the most favorite team right now this weekend, so I guess that makes sense. Right, they have the most confidence he will be there. Right,
1: so he has the shortest number to win the MVP of the Super Bowl. But man, that's just like just like blows your way. You see that Jalen Hurts is the favorite. Remember when we said he might be a top ten quarterback at one day, and people
3: got angry. I remember that show. I, I said his ceiling was to be a top ten quarterback. People thought I was nuts. And now people get upset when you say he isn't MVP. Or when he sh- he sh- isn't deserving of being the favorite for Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, it's it's.
1: I don't know if there's ever been a quarterback that improved as much within a season, and the perception of him changed as much. I mean, a year ago, a year ago, we be- you remember where it began? A year ago on WIP, pick the quarterback, pick the quarterback. He's now the favorite. And to- who do we choose? Um, you mean we as like the station? I don't believe it was we. Like. It,
3: I, I was on board with the oh, state. Yeah, I'm a company guy. Yeah, you, I'll tow the company that's line. That's right. You towed the company
1: line. I was not on board. I actually, I remember uh, when I was on Angelo's show the day of the announcement, I told him I was disappointed in him for cho- for choosing Russell Wilson. We chose Russell Wilson as a station, and now Jalen Hurts is the favorite to win the Super Bowl MVP. Two one five 592 94 94. That's how you hop in. I'm putting this game on Jalen Hurts. Is that fair or unfair? I have this game, the outcome on Jalen Hurts. He plays well. The Eagles are out the Super Bowl. He struggles or plays average? The Eagles will lose to the Niners. I'm putting this game on Hurts, agree or disagree. And I don't think Sirianni was snubbed. I think this reaction is ridiculous. There were a lot of good coaches here. Pete Carroll was snubbed. If you want to say every coach that's not finalist is snubbed. Pete Carroll was snubbed. Dan Campbell was snubbed. I mean, a lot of guys are quote-unquote snubbed. It's not final three. I mean, Kevin O'Connell went 13-4. What a team that went 8-9 last year. Was he snubbed? I, I look at it this way. Sir, Sirianni had a nice year. He also had a loaded roster and an MVP quarterback. 215 592 949. If we get back, your calls, and we'll play for you. Nick Sirianni's press conference from today. Here we had to say about the injuries and everything against this Snyder team. The matchup coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The NFL Conference Championships are this Sunday. And you can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute thrill on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account because they're giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means you get free bets back if your conference championship same-game parlay doesn't hit. Bet on everything from the money line to so the point spreads to which player will score a touchdown. Or if you can't decide, you can ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular same-game parlays made for you. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel, sign up promo code G-I-G-L-I-O to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. And if you already have FanDuel, you can start building your no-sweat-same game parlay. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. (sighs)
0: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?